You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ireland. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We've covered our entire mock draft this week here, so taking some of our rankings and some of the thoughts I had with rookies and sleepers and busts, all that good stuff up at SN. We broke down a mock draft for you, 12 rounds. We looked at all the picks and then went beyond that to find strategies that you can employ in rounds 13 through 17. So if you missed any of that, that was up all this week. We also gave you a quick peek at the positional rankings here. These are the ones that I had picked on Locked On, and we had consensus rankings as well. So we pulled the five hosts, brought together the average for all these players at cross positions here. So we'll look at running back and quarterback, Tight end, wide receiver, defense, we're going to cover it all on this show. So we'll open looking at running backs, we'll get into wide receivers, and close with quarterbacks, tight ends, and defense. So really take some time here, go beyond what we have to consensus rankings, look at fantasy pros for some sleepers also there that uh, have their average draft position in good spots for you to take advantage of out of this fantasy football season. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen today. We are free and available to you on all platforms. All right, let's dive into the running back rankings. We use half-point PPR as kind of our standard here on Locked On, and that's how I rank the players as well. So let's get into some of the discrepancies we have. We had our other hosts, Ryan McDowell, Matt Williamson, Marcus Musher, and Kate Magsduk, and they're all there available for you on the Locked On Dynasty show. So Locked On Fantasy Football, myself, and... uh, our rotating hosts on Lockdown Dynasty, we came up with a consensus ranking. So I gave you mine earlier this week, and we'll look at mine again and compare it to what we have on the board from our other hosts and see what you can do there. Positions, and let's look at running back. So Jonathan Taylor, two of us had him clearly there. Myself and Kate, number one. At number one for Ryan, Matt, and Marcus, they had Christian McCaffrey on the board. So... Well, I'm going to Jonathan Taylor again. He's healthy, he's durable, doesn't miss practice at all. He's just a young stud, the leading rusher, integral part to the offense. So I'm going to say you have to go with Jonathan Taylor. Look, I get McCaffrey being on the field here and what he can do, and the numbers are always there, but just can't trust him to stay healthy. The Colts are also going to be a better team than the Panthers, and that's also a factor you look at running ahead. McCaffrey, again, they're going to run, 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 and that's a little bit scary to me because I think they can run him to the ground or they can diversify and limit his touches here with Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. Where Johnson Taylor, he's got the dedicated workhorse role. They trust him. And Naeem Hines is just the change of pace receiving back there. So Taylor, don't even think about it. He's your number one pick. Now, number two, Kate and I agreed on this one as well. Najee Harris at number two. And... Really, I look at who has the least volatility. He's a young back with trusted legs, so we go there. So look at Najee Harris at two. The interesting 
Other rankings, three, four, and six. So there's going to be some variation on Najee Harris, but I don't think you should drop any lower than six in your drafts. Uh, the number twos were all across the board there for others here. So Jonathan Taylor was the two, but I, I look at Harris being the clear number two to Taylor at this point. All right, Austin Eckler, he's a no lower than five here at half point PPR. He's going to be valuable. You just had to make sure you get some insurance. It looks right right now. It could be the rookie Isaiah Spiller, but don't sleep on Joshua Kelly. He's had a good camp here as they moved on from Justin Jackson, Larry Roundtree, all in the mix, but make sure you get a good handcuff. And if you're going to do that with McCaffrey, I think the preferred guy this year is Dante Foreman over Hubbard. All right, number five for me was Eckler. Actually, number three, I had Dalvin Cook. I love him in this offense in Minnesota. So consensus had Austin Eckler. I'm going Dalvin Cook. I think Kevin O'Connell, he's going to make good use of Cook as a receiver. They're going to be a lot more explosive offense. That's why I'm going three. Matt agreed with me at three. Marcus had him at four. Ryan McDowell at five. And Kate put Dalvin Cook at six. Now, Saquon Barkley, I have his at 15, lowest among the hosts, 9, 9, and 5 are the highest uh, rankings for him. So he came up 5th here, but to me, I like Saquon Barkley a little bit lower at 15. Derrick Henry is my 4. So I have Taylor, Harris, Cook, and Henry as my solid 4 with Eckler coming in my top 5. Again, I'm fading McCaffrey to 9th and Barkley to 15th here. Just because of those injury issues, I don't want that much volatility with my first-round pick, knowing that if I don't get that good return, it's going to haunt me the rest of the season. So a guy that I've been banging the table for that should be going early in drafts is Aaron Jones. I have him at number 7. Agreement there from Ryan. We have also Matt and Kate checking in at 8. So Marcus is the only one deferring here at 13. So Aaron Jones, I think he's going to be a big part of what the Packers do. They're going to have to run a little bit more, play off A.J. Dillon. He'll stay healthy. He's got the receiving and the scoring juice. So I do like Aaron Jones there at number seven. My eight running back is Nick Chubb. And a lot of people are down on Nick Chubb. I'm pretty high on him, number eight. Uh, the other hosts all have him double digits, 12, 12, 15, and 18. Well, why I'm high on Nick Chubb is the fact that this is going to be a run-heavy Browns team. And right out of the gate, I think he can have a big game against the Panthers, Kareem Hunt. Could be in a faded role a bit. You also have a good handcuff there if they had to go to committee approach with Darnus Johnson. Chubb is just a stud. And I think every time people are worried about that committee approach, but the Browns are going to run a ton. He's going to be the guy that's going to get the key touches to score here. They're not going to pass really when they get in deep. And Deshaun Watson might add some touchdowns there. But Jacoby Brissett can run, but it's still going to be a lot of Chubb here early season. That's why I'm pretty high at him. At number eight. So Aaron Jones and Chubb, I think, are the ones that are sneaky here on the board. And avoiding McCaffrey at nine. My tenth running back is DeAndre Swift. I think there's little deviation standard here. My only concern is that he's a little slight and injury prone. But the offensive line is great. His role as a key receiving back is awesome. So no lower than ten on DeAndre Swift. Alvin Kamara I have at eleven. I'm fading him a little bit because there's some age durability issues. The offensive line is changing a little bit. Change in offense. The receptions went down. So I have them at 11. Everyone has them higher. Matt and Marcus like him most at 7, 9, and 10 for Kate and Ryan. But there are some red flags of Kamara. I still think the volume says he's going to be an RB1. And I trust him more with the health there than Barkley. But it's pretty close between him and McCaffrey. And I like McCaffrey's upside a little bit better if healthy. So therefore, I have McCaffrey ahead of Alvin Kamara. 
So I missed one guy in between is Joe Mixon. The rest of everyone else is down on him. Cade had him at 10, Ryan and Matt at 11, and Marcus Mosher at 8. I like Joe Mixon here at 6 because I can trust him with that volume and that role. And Samaj P. Ryan, a clear handcuff. So always keep in mind what you have to do to invest in the handcuff. So my top 10 is pretty clear. Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, and... Looking at Austin Eckler, 5, Joe Mixon, 6, Aaron Jones, 7, Nick Chubb, 8, Christian McCaffrey down to 9 because of that injury risk, DeAndre Swift at 10, Alvin Kamara at 11, and I have Leonard Fournette at 12. That's about where the standard is. Uh, I'm a little less interested in him, uh, two spots lower than Marcus at 10. 13 was the other ranking, so that's about right for Leonard Fournette, but Rashad White, again, there's some volatility there. I love Javonta Williams. I have him at 13. He's right around that ranking for everybody here at Half Point PPR. So as we go into the high upside RB2s, I have Ezekiel at 14. That's about right for him. Everyone agrees with that. Again, 15. I have Barkley faded all the way down there because the injury. I have James Conner at 16. I do like uh, Conner there because of, uh, again, he's going to have some regression, but that isn't factored here in dropping him from an RB1 to 16. So pretty solid RB2 with a key role there. Only Eno, Benjamin, and Daryl Williams behind him there in Arizona with no Chase Edmonds. Love Brees Hall. I'm going to be aggressive to get him. I have him at 17, the first rookie running back I look at. Now, 18 is interesting. I kind of uh, am jumping the gun a little bit on this player, but Travis Etienne, he's about right there. Second year well, it looks like James Robinson's going to need some time to get ready. So Etienne, I still feel comfortable with that ranking and everyone else kind of in the same spot with Etienne. Now, Josh Jacobs, I'm high on. I'm less high on now as things have developed here with Zamir White. But for the early part of the season, Josh Jacobs can be productive. Make sure you get Zamir White later. We talked about that a lot. Make sure you try to lock up some backfields. It's going to be hard to do later in your draft, but it has got a lot more value than taking a random fourth or fifth wide receiver that's not going to have a lot of value. So, Josh Jacobs, if you can attach yourself to the Raiders' backfield, I like it. That's why I like 19 for him. But Zamir White being a factor with Kenny Drake gone is something you have to consider. At number 20, I have Cam Akers. It's really about staying healthy. I think there's a good standard deviation, high 17, their lowest 25 among our hosts. So, Again, it's just comfortable with the injury risk, and you have to look at Daryl Henderson. Elijah Mitchell's been holding steady. He's round 20 as an RB2. He doesn't give you much in the receiving game. That's why he can't get much higher, but he gives you a pretty nice floor here in the rushing attack uh, if he can stay healthy. A.J. Dillon belongs in the RB2s for sure. He's going to get enough volume behind Jones. So not worry too much about Dillon's volume because this team supported two RB productions of high level last year, so... Early 20s, A.J. Dillon, however you look at it, should be in that category of an RB2 in 12-team leagues. Running out, I have J.K. Dobbins. I have him at 23 because of the upside, but you have to be worried about the injury. Dave Montgomery at 24. That's about where everyone has him. And Antonio Gibson really fallen off me to the point I'm not interested in drafting him, but I have him at 25, just outside the RB1. So that's how I look at it, and a really... When you get closer to those running backs, you can tell that there's a little bit of concern because all their rankings are kind of lumped together. Now, going beyond the top 25, let me just tell you guys I like and I don't like here in 2022. I do like Ramondre Stevenson quite a bit. That means I'm fading Damian Harris. I like Kenneth Gainwell quite a bit a little bit later, so I'm fading 
Miles Sanders. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I like with reluctance. I still think he'll have a key role, especially if they move Ronald Jones and Isaac Pacheco ends up being the number two. So watch out for Edwards-Alaire having a bounce-back season. I'd much rather have him than Chase Edmonds, who might be in a messy committee with Raheem Mostert and Sonny Michelle here. And so going down, I like trying to get those second backs as much as possible. I love Damian Pierce. I think he has an argument to go as an RB2, given that he has a clear starting role with the Texans. We saw that in the preseason. Here, I think Melvin Gordon's going to fade a little bit. He's solid. He's going to give you some numbers, but I think they'll dwindle in relation to Javonta Williams this year. Cordell Patterson, not interested in. I'm going to take James Cook over Devin Singleton every, every time, and I'm going to take Ken Walker over Rashad Penny. I want upside as much as possible. Not interested in Michael Carter all that much behind Brees Hall, even as a limited handcuff. Daryl Henderson, again, I would prefer him over Cam Akers, but you got to pay attention all the way through the end to know who might be the starting running back is. Alexander Madison, be wary that he may not be the true handcuff in the end for Dalvin Cook, but I would not take him unless I had Dalvin Cook here. James Robinson, I'm not sure what his role is, so I would try to avoid him unless I have Travis Etienne. Khalil Herbert, a big upside guy, as well as uh, Brian Robinson. So I'd rather take Herbert over Montgomery a little bit later and Robinson over Gibson here to protect myself. Same thing with Tyler Algier over Cordell Patterson. So a lot of things developing that way where I'd rather have the young guy the backup because there's an injury or an attrition situation happening with top. So you look at Rashad White, Zamir White. We've talked about these guys here. I'm not too interested in Gus Edwards coming off an injury. Mark Ingram, Tony Jones Jr. is there behind Alvin Kamara. So be wary of that pick here. And uh, that pretty much runs out what I'm thinking at running back this season here and again wanted to run down the rankings and go a little bit beyond that what we had on the locked on consensus here for 2022 now we'll get into wide receivers because they're the position with a lot to look at as well and then we'll close the show with quarterbacks tight ends and uh, do a little rapid fire on defenses for you as it's a friday here on lockdown fantasy football getting ready for your fantasy football drafts this weekend and beyond and uh and I have to tell you, before we get into our wide receiver analysis here, that this episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by Dave. And what if you could get a helping hand from future you to help you out when you're in a pinch? Well, Dave is there for you to do just that. We've all been in a situation at some point in our lives where we're a little tight on cash. Maybe you can only afford to put a few gallons of gas in your tank, or you could go to another wedding and uh, sacrifice some other luxury, that's where Dave can help. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Now, Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and you can't change the past, but what if you could get a little help from your future self? Maybe you'd ask to ask to borrow a little cash. Well, now you can with Dave. Dave's the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money. To do whatever you want with, fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or just catch up on your bill. You can just finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out with any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's Dave, D-A-V-E. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Dave, D-A-V-E. Get the app. Future you will thank you. 
All right, it's time to continue the show here on Locked on Fantasy Football in a moment, but I do have an important programming announcement here on the network, and that would be make sure you check out the ultimate pro football preview starting August 31st, an eight-episode extravaganza to get ready for the NFL season. Local team experts of Locked on Podcast Network and Odyssey NFL Insiders for the NFL, all combining into one Ultimate NFL Preview. Starting August 31st, search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let us uh, continue our look at my rankings versus the rest of the hosts here. So I'm Vinny, and uh, our other hosts here on Lockdown Dynasty are Ryan, Matt, Marcus, and Kate. So let's uh, turn our attention over to wide receiver. Again, I'm using half-point PPR for my look here at these positions. Now, Justin Jefferson is the consensus number one at wide receiver. That's not anything that we need to worry about. And we just go with Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase. One, two, three, Jefferson Cup Chase, much like we had Kelsey, Andrews, and Pitts at tight end. So it seems like that's been locked in for quite a while. Once Jefferson passed up Cup here, that's how it's going down. Now, Stefan Diggs is my number four. Everyone kind of agreed with that except for Marcus. Uh, he put him at five. So Stefan Diggs is pretty solid here. You cannot go wrong with that pick. Now, I can't tell you he's going to finish fourth, but I'd like to draft him fourth knowing that things are great here. Now, CeeDee Lamb, I have number five. He's going to dominate targets there from Dak Prescott. Uh, there's not a lot at wide receiver for this team. Jalen Tolbert, the rookie, is their healthiest guy. The volume is going to be massive, and they're going to get the ball in their hands quickly, short, Intermediate passing, Lamb is going to be there. Dalton Schultz, injury to Tyron Smith means a lot of that here. So Dak Prescott, I'm not sure I'm interested in attaching to him too much with that Smith injury there. I think it affects him a little bit more than the running game there. But uh, I do like CeeDee Lamb at number five and getting a little bit aggressive there. But again, his ranking is anywhere between four and seven. So that's about right for him. Now I have uh, my sixth wide receiver is Devontae Adams. I don't think he drops any more from... That transitioning from Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback he knows well, to Derek Carr, another quarterback he knows well as the clear alpha in Las Vegas, moving over from Green Bay. Number seven, I have Mike Evans. I'm really high on Mike Evans. Some people have him as high as five. That would be two of our other hosts here, and Matt and Kate. So people have him at five. The lowest he is is nine. He's going to get a lot of touchdowns. He's as consistent as they come, even if when he misses games, He's always good in the bank for double-digit touchdowns and more than 1,000 yards with a lot of big plays and potential to take over games with multiple touchdowns. Now, there's some deviation on A.J. Brown. Kate likes him a little bit more at 6. Everyone else, 11, 12, 13 with the rankings. I love A.J. Brown. I love what the Eagles are going to do in the passing game. He's just a legitimate talent, and I want talent as much as possible with the upside. Still young, still on the rise. The Eagles are going to get the ball to him. Debo Samuel might lose some of his rushing pop, but he can be no lower than nine to me as he's still the clear number one in San Francisco. And a lot of targeting there from Trey Lance to Debo. I know people are excited about Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle, but I still think Debo is where the bread is buttered most in this passing game, which is low volume in relation to the running, and that will be even more the case with Elijah Mitchell and Trey Lance. Tyreek Hill, look, I don't want to draft him too early, but the Tua Tagovailoa drop doesn't drop him out of wide receiver one. He's still number 10 for me. I love the volume of Keenan Allen. He's one of the most reliable guys. Except for the touchdowns, you get everything you want out of Keenan Allen. I have him at number 11 here. We actually have uh, Marcus who has him higher at 10 here, so interesting there. So, But Keenan Allen is solid as it gets as a pick. Now, this player has been buzzing 
I'm just going to put him in a high spot here. Now, actually, we have a huge ranking of 10 here for Michael Pittman. We have him as low as 20. I love him as 12. Matt Ryan is going to feed this guy the ball early and often in a lot of games. He's a clear number one. It profiles a lot like Roddy White, Calvin Ridley, receivers that Matt Ryan has led to put up big fantasy seasons. I love T Higgins at 13, as solid as it gets, playing off Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow. Deontay Johnson, the clear number one in Pittsburgh. I'm not worried about the quarterback situation. I think Kenny Pickett actually gives it more upside. 14, especially with Chase Claypool fading and George Pickens, the rookie, having to have a bigger role. Mike Williams, I had 15. Doesn't deviate too much from last year. Still attached to that great offense with Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen playing off him. DJ Moore, pretty solid as a wide receiver, too, at 16. Doesn't give you a lot of touchdowns, but he's going to deliver that. I don't want to overdraft him, though, because that touchdown concern. Terry McLaurin's all over the board. We have him at 8, 13, 21, 15, 17. I like Terry McLaurin at 17. He's a talented receiver enough. I, I know people are worried about Carson Wentz, but McLaurin's still the number one there, even with the rookie Han Dotson being a factor. Now, Cortland Sutton, there's a big deviation on him. Kate likes him at 11. I'm at 18. I'm the next highest. We have 19, 27, and 21 here. So Sutton, I think the biggest concern here is the injury and how he fares uh, returning from that here. But 19, 18, that's where uh, it's a good target for him. I'm at 18 here in the draft. I like Jalen Wall at 19. He's not going to give you a high ceiling, but a pretty high floor here with his volume Playing off Tyreek Hill at number 19. DK Metcalf, I've adjusted for the change of quarterback to Drew Locke or Geno Smith. If it's Geno, it's going to be less inspiring. Drew Locke, at least the big arm is there. So I'm going to keep him near the bottom of the wide receiver twos at 20. At 21, I have Brandon Cooks. Pretty much money in the bank every year. He's going to give you those numbers. It doesn't matter what team he's on, what quarterback he's playing with. He's one of the best, safest picks there as a wide receiver two. Where's Godwin, a little bit of volatility, but you take him there as a borderline wide receiver two, three. Assuming he'll return from the knee injury soon. At 23, I have Marquise Brown. Everyone else, mostly high on him. Uh, we have 23 and 24 are the lowest rankings, but 15, 18, and 20. So some deviation here on Marquise Brown. I just don't trust him as much as others in the offense. Uh, just being a limited big play threat. Very inconsistent player to me. Mark Cooper, 24, that's solid. I think he's the last of the wide receiver twos. Look, it's not a great quarterback situation, not a great explosive passing offense, but he's Amari Cooper. He gets it done with different quarterbacks. That's what he's done throughout his career. Third team is not going to be any different. And Jared Judy, I'm a little bit buyer beware. I'm at 25, and I think you can fade him even more than that. So let's look at uh, the wide receivers beyond that in our t top 25. Uh, some players I like, some players I don't like here. There's some obvious names missing from that list, but I love Darnell Mooney. Clearly, I've been talking about him. The holy trinity of sleepers, Darnell Mooney, Gabriel Davis, Rashad Payton. They're not really sleepers because everyone's on them. We want some names that aren't quite as buzzy. Allen Robinson for the touchdown potential there I like. I'm going to avoid as much as possible Judy. And Judy I have him at 25 based on who we had to pick from here. Michael Thomas, I'm fading still. The hamstring concerns me immediately. I'm not going to invest too highly in any Chiefs receiver. Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scandling, not going to go there. I'm going to look at Sky more a little bit later. One guy that should be going higher is Elijah Moore, clear of the Jets' number one receiver. Brand Ayuk has had a great camp, but I'm a little bit worried about the volume. Adam Thielen fading quite a bit. I'd rather go Devonta Smith than either Thielen or Ayuk, and Elijah Moore has some upside as a second-year player. So Moore and Smith a little bit similar there, getting some receiver help this year. Al Lazard is... A, my better choice than Hunter Renfro here. I'm going to fade Renfro still more as a wide receiver 3-4. I think Lazard has more wide receiver 3 upside. 
If you're going Christian Kirk or Tyler Lockett, I'm going Kirk. I like Trevor Lawrence a little bit more than that quarterback situation there in Seattle. If you're going to go with the Titans receiver a little bit later in the 40s, I think you have to go with the rookie Traylon Burks over Robert Woods. Uh, some people are looking at the rookie slot Kyle Phillips, but no. I think Burks is the better value. He's going a little bit later than Woods at this point. If I'm going to the Giants receiver, I'm not interested in Kadarius Tony. I'm going to go with the rookie there a lot later. Wandell Robinson, we talked about him as a sleeper. Tyler Boyd doesn't interest me too much. It's hard to sustain that with those three receivers and that production. Sky Moore with a lot of upside. Russell Gage I did like before the Julio Jones acquisition, so there's some of that to be concerned with. Devontae Parker, George Pickens, good flyers there. Parker is still the number one there in New England and should get some decent volume. Michael Gallup, too risky with injury. Jarvis Landry, not interested at all. Want to stay away from Kenny Galladay, DJ Chark. I don't like those guys in relation to the other receivers there. You have uh, Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown in Detroit. Thomas and the rookie Chris Olave in New Orleans. There, so going down, again, Patriots receiver. The only one I would look at is Devontae Parker. Pickens is the guy I would draft after Deontay Johnson in Pittsburgh. And Nico Collins is a nice little sleeper. Some people are on Corey Davis, but I don't trust him to stay healthy. He hasn't been able to stay healthy his entire career. So an outside guy that's really Nico Collins. We already talked about Joshua Palmer as being a very intriguing high upside guy should something happen to Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, who, was, who both have had significant injuries in their past. Uh, again, if you're going with the Packer, you go with Lazard or Romeo Dobbs late. I'm not interested in Christian Watson. I'm not going to extend for K.J. Hamler here behind uh, Sutton and Judy. Donovan Peoples-Jones has a little bit of upside. He's the number two outside there, and Jalen Tolbert as well. So Amari Cooper moves from the Cowboys, gets DPJ. Jalen Tolbert playing off Lamb, so they have some value there as number twos here. And I do like DPJ and the big play threat. A little bit more when Deshaun Watson returns. Uh, earlier, David Bell might be a factor of the rookie there from Purdue. Alec Pierce, a bit of a sleeper. I'd take him in the upside over A.J. Green. Isaiah McKenzie, I'd be buyer beware. The biggest thing you want to look for if they cut Jameson Crowder, then it's going to be key in the slot. McKenzie could really cut into the value of Dawson Knox. So there you have it. There's a look at the wide receivers, getting some deeper sleepers and getting you into the deep uh, wide receiver cuts there all the way to... Uh, Tell you I'm targeting rapid fire there for you on the show. Now, we do have to look at uh, quarterback, tight end, and defense. We'll do that in our final segment here on the show and of the week. BetOnline.net is a fast and easy way to check in all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events as the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. We'll be excited to actually have week one regular season action just around the corner, less than two weeks away. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for your, all your sporting wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts they've covered. Head to BetOnline today or use a mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, it's been a busy week, but we're getting you ready for a draft, so we're throwing all the information at you straight, non, no nonsense to the point. That's what we do here at Lockdown Fantasy Football. We'll bring it all season long. We'll have our reactions and the... Uh, Things that happen there on the aftermath of Sunday, injury updates, all that good stuff on our Monday show. Tuesday will be all about waiver wire. Wednesday and Thursday will break it down, match up all the games for you and see where you want to go in fantasy football. And Friday, we'll do a little bit of everything. We'll look at some DFS plays that you can look at on DraftKings and FanDuel, as well as the injury updates you need to know. So in season, we've got you covered as well here on the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. 
All right, let's do our preseason prep, continue it. Let's keep going here. This is a lot of fun. Let's get to quarterbacks and get to where uh, people rank. Josh Allen across the board, myself, Ryan, Matt, Marcus, Kate, our hosts on Lockdown Dynasty, all about Josh Allen, number one. There's a little bit of deviation there at number two. I'm all about Justin Herbert. I think he can end up being the top scoring fantasy, trading places with Josh Allen this season. So I, I look at uh, Justin Herbert having a lot of appeal. Number two, really, you can't go much lower than three with Patrick Mahomes if you have Herbert at number two. Lamar Jackson is the consensus number four easily. So I think Josh Allen in a little mini tier by himself, Herbert Mahomes, and then you get into a third tier by himself with Lamar Jackson. Then you start looking for the best of the rest here. I love Jalen Hurts and that passing potential there with the weapons he has with Brown and Smith and Goddard as well as his running. So that's why I have Jalen Hurts boosted to five here. Yeah, I'm pretty high on Jalen Hurts having another big year, but you're going to have to pay quite a high price for him. Tom Brady, I still think, can finish in the top six here. Coming back, he has too many weapons to ignore, and he is too solid the past two years. Kyler Murray, I, I'm fading him a bit to seven. He's not running enough for me. While Hurts, I still think, is a big factor there. So that's why I like Hurts a little bit more than Murray. I also like Hurts' weapons at this point all around, with Hopkins missing key games for the Cardinals. Joe Burrow, pretty solid. I think he's rounded in at number eight. A solid QB1, one of those players. Plug and play every week. If he's healthy, you're going to get the production. At number nine, I have Dak Prescott. I think I could fade him a little bit more now from uh, where I ranked him when I ranked him. But everyone has him at 10, 11, 10, 12. So... That's about right. I mean, I would kind of avoid this tier that I've been talking about. Like, Tom Brady, people are going to have him drop a little bit lower. That's why I'm a little bit more bullish. But really, I would tell you to avoid as much as possible getting into this Murray, Burrow, Prescott tier because I think the values are better a little bit after there. On the board, I love Matthew Stafford at 10. He's not going to drop off that much, folks. I mean, I get the issues with the injury, but he's going to throw a ton here for the Rams. He's got Cup. He's got Allen Robinson. You still got uh, Tyler Higby, Van Jefferson. There's plenty of weapons there, and the running game has some injury issues. So 10, I don't see him falling much lower than that. He's always had a high floor when he's had decent weapons, and that's a pretty good one for him. Trey Lance, I think the running upside is there. There's some volatility. That's why I have 11. I think he could finish in the top six for sure. And Aaron Rodgers at 12. This is not a disrespect to Aaron Rodgers. There's just so many guys that I think can return that QB1 value, which is uh, looking at more than 20 points per game, very consistent, the 215-2 kind of a deal. Rodgers might be a 215-2 quarterback, but that means 4,000 yards and 34 touchdowns. That's still a pretty good season here for Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, but, again, there's just more passing volume with other teams. The Packers have a great running game, but a good defense. So reality quarterback, this is where reality and fantasy differ a little bit. And we talked a little bit uh, there on Locked on with uh, Peter Bukowski, why Rodgers is here. But he's still a very good value at fantasy at number 12. Here, that's where everyone pretty much has him ranked, 11 and 13. So I have it right in the middle between those rankings that Ryan, Matt, Marcus, and Kate have. All right, going a little bit deeper, Russell Wilson, I'm fading to 13. I'm just not buying it too much with the... Receivers and the comeback, Wilson also deteriorated a little bit last year. So, again, I think it's a borderline QB1 for me. I'd much rather go with Stafford, Lance, and Rodgers here this season, given their situations. Uh, at 13, I have Wilson. At 14, I have Derek Carr. I think there's a case to be made for Carr over Wilson. The good, good thing about the AFC West quarterbacks, they'll even be involved in shootouts with Mahomes and Herbert in a lot of games for these guys as well. So, Derek Carr has never been a big scorer in fantasy, but I think he'll peak out at 14. 
this year. So good value in deeper leagues. Kirk Cousins at 15. He was actually back in QB1 last year. They could open up the offense a little bit. But again, the scoring in relation to the rest of these quarterbacks could be down. Even though the scoring could be up from Cousins. If that makes any sense. Justin Fields I have at 16. I think he's being undervalued still in that Bears offense. Because of the things about the Bears offense. Tua Tagovailoa, one of the most polarizing players in reality and fantasy. Cade has him up at 15 here. The lowest we have is Matt at 24 here. So Tua is all over the board. It's a player that I like to avoid. So that's what you look at as well. If a player is all over the board, just kind of avoid him in in fantasy as much as possible because that means we're not sure. There's a lot of volatility, and that's the thing we're trying to decrease as much as possible with our picks. So I would avoid Tua as much as possible. Trevor Lawrence, eh, he's got to be better than the Doug Peterson offense, but didn't flash as much. So he's a solid QB2, but I wouldn't look at him as, oh, you're going to get great value. I think we are a streaming situation or backup situation, okay, but not as a starter. 19, I have Mac Jones. Eh, same thing. Is a streaming or backup, but individually I don't like. Deshaun Watson I had to rank here because he was part of our pool at the time when he only had the shorter suspension of six games. So now the 11-game suspension, he's off the board for me at quarterback. Now let's... Uh, See if we need to go any beyond that with Fantasy Pros for anyone else that I like beyond who we just talked about there as a stash for a team and Superflex or 2QB. Matt Ryan, I do like, like quite a bit. There is a sleeper that you can put in. I like him a little bit better than James Winston. I don't completely trust that new look passing game. If I'm going to go with someone in the 20s, I go with Ryan Tannehill still over Daniel Jones here. I don't really want Carson Wentz or Jared Goff, those same uh, draft picks. They're high 1-2 picks. I'm not going with them. I do like Zach Wilson a little bit if he can come back healthy. He has some running upside, some really good weapons all throughout when you look at running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Davis Mills can put up some garbage numbers in the right matchups. Not interested at all in Baker Mayfield or Marcus Mayota. Mitchell Trubisky may not even have the job here. So that kind of rounds things out. And if you're going to look at a rookie... Malik Willis could start at some point. Desmond Ritter could start at some point, but I think Kenny Pickett is the best ticket to do that. You look at the weapons there all across the board. We talked about it. Johnson, the rise of Pickens. You got Chase Claypool. You got Harris and Freemuth. There are some guys that legitimately can help that quarterback produce. So Pickett is in a good position if he starts, but I don't want a piece of Mitchell Trubisky at all. Now you can think about running back handcuffs. We know that, but you can also think about quarterback handcuffs. Really, there's one really good one, and that's Tyler Huntley behind Lamar Jackson. Just do it. You just have to cover yourself for a bye week. Tyler Huntley is going to be super cheap. Assuming he's the Ravens number two, we know he produced like a number one, kind of as a Jackson clone last year. That's the guy that you go after late. All right, let's uh, quickly now run down the tight end rankings here that we have. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts. Everyone went one, two, three with them pretty much. We had one deviation. Pitts dropped to four, and he went as high as one, so... Yeah, there's some things with Pitts, but I think Travis Kelsey, again, Kelsey and Andrews also became higher elevated receivers here because there's no Tyreek Hill, there's no Marquise Hollywood-Brown. Pitts doesn't have Cal Rid- or Calvin Ridley, but that was the case last year for much of it. So that's where I like Kelsey and Andrews there, 1-2. Kyle Pitts, 3, 1-2-3, three, again, also where you should take them. End of round 1, end of round 2, end of round 3 for those Tight ends. Now, George Kittle has some volatility. We talked about that in our mock draft. Make sure you get a decent backup if you have George Kittle and you invest him in number four. Darren Waller, I faded to six because I think Dalton Schultz is going to remain pretty high. He's the tight end three last year. He can put up some big numbers, stay healthy. I like him to stay healthier than uh, 
Waller will potentially Kittle as well, but Kittle has a little bit more higher ceiling, and that's why I take him over. I think Waller's a little bit limited with Adams and Renfro. My seventh guy behind Waller is Dallas Goddard. He's pretty solid, not spectacular. You want some consistency from him. And I actually think having now A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith opening things up for him. Zach Ertz is pretty solid at eight. Some people are fading him because of the injury and the age, but Trey McBride is not quite ready. Ertz did have a huge role for this team when DeAndre Hopkins was hurt, and he will be missing the first six games of this season. T.J. Hawkinson, a little bit maybe not talked about as much. He's exciting. I think you're hoping for some big things. I think you could go a little higher. Everyone else, uh, Ryan, Matt, and Marcus M is seven. Kate has him at eight. I think any of those spots are okay. For Hawkinson, if you want to just punt on Kittle and Waller and Goddard and you want to go in that direction, I think you can do that for sure. At number 10 here, I have Cole Komet. I think he's going to get the touchdowns. He's going to be a key target for Justin Fields. I have pretty high. Kate has him all the way down at 20, but Cole Komet, I think, has a big bounce back season. At number 11, Pat Freemuth. I think he's going to get some scores to make up for maybe the lower volume that he might have in the passing game. And hopefully it's Kenny Pickett in there, as we mentioned. At 12, I like Mike Gusecki, but I'm starting to fade him a little bit here. Dawson Knox, Gusecki, that's where it kind of drops off for me. Really the trio of AFC East guys. I have Gusecki, Dawson Knox, Hunter Henry. Worried about the other weapons there with Knox. Same thing with Gusecki, same thing with Henry, with Demonte Parker in the mix as an outside guy who has a big body who can score a touchdown. So something to look at there. And then it really drops off here, and uh, I think we'll just go to sleeper mode here. So guys, uh, the obligatory ranked here, Albert O at 16 there. Austin Hooper I really like at 17. So I would go Hooper over Albert O if I'm looking for a tight end sleeper. Noah Fant, I like athleticism. The theory of Noah Fant is higher than maybe the execution here in Seattle, but if it's Geno Smith, that's going to help Fant. So a little bit hard to evaluate there, but I would try to avoid Seahawks passing game as much as possible. At number 18, Irv Smith, if he can have a bounce-back season, he might have some key third targets there. Tyler Higby, another player I like. Robert Tunyon I want to like, but he's touchdown-dependent, coming off major injury. I'm at 20. David Njoku I also want to like, but again, I think Jacoby Brissett is going to mainly work with those 11 personnel in a run-heavy offense, and they do have another tight end that you have to worry about there in Harrison Bryant. Cameron Ray at 22, touchdown-dependent, but he is working with the GOAT. Hayden Hurst. He's going to have some C.J. Uzama-like moments, but you have to put him at 23. Gerald Everett, 24. Evan Ingram, 25. I've seen it before. I've been teased before with these two guys. Everett and Ingram, I'm leaving them, and I'm not interested in there. Now, let's see quickly when we look at our tight end sleepers that we haven't mentioned there that are really deep here that you can look at as potential late-round picks. And there's uh, not a lot that we get into, but uh, really, you look at uh, tight end uh Really, there are some decent values. I do like Brevin Jordan quite a bit from Houston. Don't sleep on Mo Ali Cox. The tight end has been good for Matt Ryan over the years, starting with Tony Gonzalez and Kyle Pitts. So you look at Ali Cox maybe having a key role for his team. I'd rather look at Dan Arnold here than Evan Ingram. I think he could have a key role in the new offense here. Again, Greg Dolchich, don't totally sleep on him. They're not trusting Albert O's much there. Daniel Bellinger might see some key targets if they do a rookie turnover there in New York with the Giants and go with Wondell Robinson and Bellinger looking at them. Tyler Conklin has a little upside to stretch the field. Isaiah Likely, you've heard about him. I think he's a very strong handcuff to Mark Andrews if you're looking in that direction there. So, again, the Ravens have some clones there that you look at. Likely might have some standalone value if they use him more. 
Right now, you have Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews, but James Prochet, Devin DuVernay, some of these other receivers are kind of equal, so likely you could see a big role if they go a little bit more 12 personnel there. I kind of like Donald Parham Jr. If he can stay healthy, that's the biggest issue, but they could involve him as the third receiver there in Los Angeles there, and uh, they just like him a lot, but the key is getting him on the field. Now, finally, let's look at defense and special teams here and uh, – Look, we don't talk too much about defense and special teams because we're of the mindset of streaming as much as possible. I do like the Buffalo Bills at number one with Von Miller. So, getting them, they're going to be ahead in a lot of games, going to tee off on a lot of teams. The Patriots are always there high for me, but I have them dropped down to five. The Buccaneers are my number two team. They're fully healthy. Todd Bowles is the coach. They're going to make a lot of plays. The 49ers are absolutely loaded. So, one, two, three for me are the Bills, Buccaneers, and 49ers. The Colts are pretty solid as well at every level with DeForest Buckner, Shaquille Leonard, and Kenny Moore. So, I have them at four. Patriots never really drop off too much, even with the lost personnel with no J.C. Jackson. Five, Los Angeles Rams with Aaron Donald and Joe Ramsey always have potential to have big years. The Saints are pretty good. It's Dennis Allen, defense-minded head coach, just like in Tampa, taking over from a longtime offensive-minded head coach. So, you like the Saints bumping up and making plays. Love the Packers. They can end up at number one. So, I have them at number eight. There's a lot of good depth. The Ravens, I think, are being severely undervalued. Kate has them as high as 6. Ryan has them all the way down to 18. I have them at 9, splitting the difference. They can make a lot of plays in that back end. Watch out for the Ravens having a big comeback year with Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams on the back end and having Adafa Owe there rushing the passer. You look at the Chargers. It's just about staying healthy. J.C. Jackson raises their interception quote, and so, so does a healthy Derwin James. And Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack can lead the charge up. So. Not surprise me. I just want to be careful. Part of it is that they play in that division, and that's why I'm a little bit concerned. There's some games which you cannot play them in the AFC West against the Chiefs and Raiders and Broncos. It's going to be tough to put up some numbers. But in the games away from those teams, yeah. And then you look at the Chargers. So week one already, it's tough to say recommend them against the Raiders. You have Miami Dolphins. I like some things, but post Brian Flores, you have to fade them a little bit. Dallas Cowboys, I have dropped all the way to 12. Why? The playmaking is too volatile. There's other good defenses that are going to make a lot of plays. So, look, we've seen this before. We've seen it with the Bears. We've seen it with the Jaguars. It just happens. The elite fantasy football defense that comes out of nowhere the year before, based on turnovers, are going to fade. So, 12 there. So, let's quickly go through some others that you can target that have some intrigue. Bradley Chubb is key for the Broncos. If he's healthy, watch out for them at 13. The Chiefs uh, can tee off with Patrick Mahomes. Still have plenty of playmakers, including... Uh, up front with Chris Jones and Frank Clark. So 14 for them. Steelers need to be a little bit better against the run. And they're about middle of the pack for me. They don't make enough big plays other than sacks with TJ Watt. So 15 for me. The Titans are 16. Some good players back there. Really uh, playmakers that you look at. That's what you're looking for. Jeffrey Simmons and Harold Landry and Kevin Byard. They have some guys who can make some plays. So Titans are a bit underrated, but they're more of a streamer for me. The Eagles, a bit of transition there with Jonathan Gannon there that you look at. So I have them at 17. Cleveland Browns at 18 with Miles Garrett and their playmakers. But again, some of this is based on the schedule. If you just face a lot of teams, then it's going to be tough to put up the numbers. It's going to be hard to get there. So this is why stream defenses are so volatile. These rankings are going to be so off, so you got to play the matchups here. The Bengals I have at 19. Vikings 20. They have a rebound season there with uh, Patrick Peterson and 
Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith. 21 for the Cardinals. Very aging defense. The Commanders, you got to keep dropping their 22 at 2022 with uh, Chase Young missing the early part of the year. Doesn't inspire. Panthers have some playmakers, but their team's not going to be very good. 23. Raiders, defense not good around. Max Crosby, 24. Chicago Bears are not the Bears that we're used to. They're all the way down to 25 here for me. Uh, 26 out of the Lions, 27 the Giants, 28 the Falcons, 29 the Jets, and 30 are the Seattle Seahawks. So that's how you break down their the defenses there. So we went through all the positions for you. We went a little longer. We gave you what you needed here because it's a big draft weekend. It's a big draft week. We want to get you everything you needed. So we had our mock draft for four days. We did all our rankings breakdown. So hopefully you have what you need. We'll have a little bit of fun next week there leading up to the regular season. We'll take Labor Day off, but we'll give you five more solid days of intriguing fantasy football preseason contents. We'll go a little bit wild and crazy next week, uh, giving you some bang the table type uh, deals here and uh, also uh, looking at uh, guys we want to avoid in drafts. So we'll cover that next week on Locked On Fantasy Football as we count down quickly to the regular season. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been the Ire. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. And make sure you make your second listen, Locked On Dynasty. You talked about all their rankings here on the show. All those guys and Kate do a great job there. So checking them out, uh, Ryan and Matt, Marcus, Kate on Locked On Dynasty, our sister show here on the network to get even more analysis to dominate your league. For Locked On Fantasy Football, once again, this is Vinny Iyer for this week. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, we'll be with you with our final draft rundown stuff 